This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today. We're especially delighted to have some watching today for the very first time. You say, how do you know, Brother Lambert? Because every time we come on the air, we have people call, and they tell us this is the first time I've ever seen getting to know your Bible. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. Now, today we want to discuss this subject, be committed to a person. Be committed to a person. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now, since we have those watching today for the very first time, let me make mention of the free Bible Correspondence Course. We make this available to all of our viewers in an order that you might know more about the course and that you might know how to receive it. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, Write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading now 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. For this reason I also suffer these things, Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him until that day. People today are committed to quite a number of different things. Some people are committed to athletics, to sports. And, I, and that's a very good thing. It's a very healthy thing to see a young child be involved in some sporting activity and they learn some of the great lessons of life when they are involved in that. And they're committed to it. So some are committed to politics and they are out talking about their favorite politician. Some are committed to the making of money. And there isn't much that some people would do or not do to make a little bit more money. Some people are just committed to having fun all of the time. To them, life is just one great big party. And they're committed to that. But, but that to which we ought to be committed are things that are good for us, and that will help us not only now, but in eternity. And I want to suggest today that we need to be committed to a person. And that person to whom we ought to be committed is the Lord Jesus Christ. That This is what Paul had in mind in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and in the 12th verse, when he said, I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he's able to keep what I have committed to him until that day, and that which he had committed to the Lord was his very soul. We need to be committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would like to 
encourage you to do that. In the 37th Psalm and in verse 5, the Bible says, Commit your way to the Lord. Be committed to a person. Be committed to Jesus Christ. But what does that really mean? Well, when I say that we ought to be committed to Jesus Christ, what does that mean? What do you think of when you hear that expression, be committed to Christ? Well, one of the things it means is that Christ should come first in your life ahead of everything else. He ought to be the number one of your life. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Matthew 6 and 33. Christ does not want to be second place in your life. He wants to be number one. So that's one thing that is meant when we talk about being committed to him, that my entire life revolves around Jesus Christ. Secondly, that also means that I will not allow anyone or anything to interfere with my commitment to Christ. Jesus in Luke chapter 14 was discussing the matter of the cost of being his follower. And in verse 33, he said, Whosoever he be of you, that, that forsakes not all that he has, cannot be my disciple. Now we have to be willing to put Christ ahead of all other things. That simply means that I should not allow some form of recreation to come between me and my worship of the Lord or even working for the Lord. I, I want to put him in the proper place in my life. And also to be committed to Christ means that, that I want to give Jesus the very best service that I can render to him. And we all should strive to do the very best that we can. And actually, that's all the Lord requires of us. In Mark 14 and 8, Jesus said of a woman, she had done what she could. It's difficult to do more than that. It's difficult to do more than you can. And when we are committed to Jesus Christ, we're not going to give him slipshod service. Oh, no. We want to do the best we can. And I think that the Lord deserves our best service. But furthermore, to be committed to Christ means that we recognize Him as being the Lord of lords, the Lord of our life. And indeed, He is Lord. You remember in Acts chapter 9 that it was Saul of Tars Tarsus who asked, Lord, what will you have me to do? Lord, what will you have me to do? That, that's a pretty good question for us to be asking today. Lord, what will you have me to do? He ought to be the Lord of your life. He is Lord. He's Lord of, over all things, Acts 10 and verse 36. According to Romans, the 14th chapter, verses 7 through 11, He is Lord of the living, and He's the Lord of the dead. And He's Lord whether we recognize Him as Lord or not. He is our Lord. And when I say I'm committed to Jesus Christ, I recognize Him as being my Lord. Now there is a direct connection 
between obeying Jesus and Him being Lord of my life. And unless I'm willing to obey Him, He is not the Lord of my life. Listen to Jesus asking this question in Luke the 6th chapter and verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Don't you see the connection there between doing what Jesus tells us to do and Him being the Lord of my life? If I live a life where I pay very little attention to what Jesus says, that I pay little time, give very little time in my life to to serving Him, and then every once in a while I want to refer to Him as my Lord, I'm just sorry. But Jesus said, you may call me Lord, Lord. And if you do, why is it that you're not doing what I ask you to do? When I'm committed to Jesus Christ, I recognize Jesus as the one who is at the controlling of my life. I don't mean that he's controlling my life like I'm some kind of a machine turned loose on the world and that he's directing me like I was a machine But Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life because I want Him to be. He's the Lord of my life because I had accepted Him as being the Lord of my life. If He is the Lord of my life, it is because I have surrendered my will, my life, my thinking, my heart to His will. And until we're willing to do that, He is not the Lord of our life. So to be committed to Jesus Christ means that He is Lord. I I get a little bit uh, 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 amused at at bumper stickers. I've seen some that really amuse me. And I saw one one time in the parking lot of the church where I was preaching one day, and and the bumper bumper sticker read, God is my co-pilot. So I thought, well, I'll just make a point of that in my sermon today. And I related how I had seen that bumper sticker in the parking lot, and I knew whose car it was, and I knew they would not be offended. And I said, you know, my understanding of a co-pilot is that a co-pilot only flies a plane when the pilot cannot do so. I said, I don't want God to be my co-pilot. I want him to be the pilot. I want him to be at the steering wheel of my life. Let me ask you, are you committed to a person and that person is Jesus? You see, when you give your life to Christ through obedience to the gospel of Christ, by dying to sin, that is, repenting of your sins, by confessing that you believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and you're baptized into Christ, that is, you're converted to Christ, then you belong to Jesus Christ. You belong to Him. You belong to Jesus by right of creation. In Psalms 100, the Bible says, It is He that hath made us, And not we ourselves. So we are not self-made people. We belong to the Lord by right of creation. 
It is in him that we live, that we move, and that we have our being. And Jesus was involved in the creation of all things, John chapter 1, verse 1 and following. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And without Him was not anything made that had been made. He was involved in the creation. So we belong to Him by right of creation. We belong to Him by right of redemption. Jesus is the one who has redeemed us. We're not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, 1 Peter 1.18. But, but we're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, 1 Peter 1, verse 19. In Ephesians 1 and 7, the Bible says, in whom we have redemption through His blood. So we are a redeemed people, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And so we belong to Him by right of redemption. It was the psalmist who said in Psalms 107 in verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, body and soul. Listen to what the apostle wrote in 1 Corinthians the 6th chapter, verses 19 and 20. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. But, but you're bought with a price. That therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. My soul belongs to God. My body belongs to God. You see, I belong to Him, body and soul. And I belong to Jesus by right of adoption. I'm an adopted child. And Romans chapter 8 teaches that. Galatians chapter 4 teaches that. Listen to Paul in Galatians 4. When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made unto the law to redeem them, that, redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And all of those who belong to the Lord today are adopted children. We are adopted. We belong to Jesus because we are His servants. Servants of righteousness. Listen to the Apostle Paul in Romans 6, 17 and 18. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. You see, we belong to Jesus. Jesus Christ is our Lord. And we are his voluntary servants. He did not make us become a servant. And because I am a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, I never cease to be under his control. He is the Lord of my life. Be committed to a person. And I repeat, I have no right to call him Lord, if I do not obey Him. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? But now because I am committed to Jesus Christ, because I am committed to a person, 
there are certain things that are true. For example, because I am committed to Jesus Christ, I have excluded double-mindedness from my life. Some people straddle the fence when it comes to religion. They straddle the fence between the world and the church. They straddle the fence between Satan and the Lord Jesus Christ. But when I am committed to Jesus Christ, that suggests that I have made up my mind who I will serve, who will be my master, and none other. Jesus in Matthew 6 and 24 said, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one, love the other, hold the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God in mammon. It is said of Ahab, King Ahab, in 2 Kings, the 10th chapter, and in verse 18, that he served Baal a little. He did not try, totally give up serving the true God of heaven, but on the other hand, he just served Baal a little. So he wanted to have the boast, best of both worlds. But you see, when you are committed to the Lord, when you're committed to this person called Jesus, you give up this attitude of trying to serve two masters. The, the statement is made in 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 21. How long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, serve him. If Baal, follow him. So you see there comes a point in our life where we have to make up our minds. We have to make a commitment. And when I make my commitment to Jesus Christ, that, that means that I'm not going to try to play double games with him. I'm not going to try to straddle the fence. I'm not going to live a life of make-believe with Jesus. But I am committed to a person, and that's Jesus, and to none other. And when I'm committed to Jesus Christ, that also means that I have eliminated the religion of the minimum. You say, well, now what do you mean by that, Brother Lambert, the religion of the minimum? Well, I'm talking about that individual who tries to get by on doing just as little as possible, just enough to salve their conscience. And they're not really totally committed. I remember when I first started preaching, it may have been the second or third sermon that I had preached. There was a friend of mine who preached at a certain place and, and he had to be gone somewhere and he asked if I would come and preach in his absence. And I, I really was ill prepared to do the preaching that day. But, but I did the very best I could. And that afternoon, I was entertained at the home of one of the members. And the man said to me, Brother Lambert, that there was a time that my wife and I were dollar givers. I wondered, well, what does he mean by that? But he went on to explain 
He said we'd come on Sunday morning and I'd drop a dollar in the collection plate. And we'd attend Sunday morning. We'd never go back on Sunday night. We wouldn't go back on Wednesday night. And if something got in our way of going the next Sunday, we wouldn't even go then. And he said, one day I told my wife, as it relates to the church and as it relates to Jesus, we've got a decision to make. And he said, the decision is this. Let's either get in or let's get out. Let's not try to, to straddle the fence any longer. Let's not be playing games any longer. Let's either be committed to Jesus Christ or stop playing games. And he said, we made the decision, Brother Lambert, that we were going to get in all the way. That was the way he explained it to me. And what it was actually saying is, I'm going to be committed to Christ, dedicated to Christ. I'm not trying to get by on just as little as I possibly can. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 41, Jesus was talking about this idea of getting by on as little as possible. When he said, if a man compelled you to go with him one mile, go with him two. Now in those days, a soldier could compel one to take his pack from this mile marker to the next mile marker. And that would be a total of one mile. And then when he got to that next mile marker, after carrying that pack for a mile, the man carrying the soldier's baggage could put it down and then he could compel someone else to carry it for a mile. But Jesus said, after you've done what was expected of you, after you carried it for that, that mile, he said, just keep on going and go another mile instead. Are you a second miler when it comes to Jesus? Do you try to get by on just enough to save your conscience? Or are you committed, really committed to a person? And when you're committed to Jesus, when you're really committed to a person, the man called Jesus, that's going to eliminate the spirit of defeat in your life. I know of some people who act so defeated, and it makes me wonder sometimes about their relationship with Jesus. Because when we have the Lord for us, Paul said nobody can be against you, Romans 8.31. So why should we ever feel that we are defeated if the Lord is on our side. And the more I study the Bible about how God is going to bless us and, and help us and, and protect us, the more I am convinced that it pays to be committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't need to feel defeated. If you def are, are feeling defeated right now, I want to encourage you to take the time to read the entire 8th chapter of Romans because it is a great chapter about the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. Paul closes that chapter by saying that we're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And so we're going to eliminate that in our lives. And then we're going to eliminate this idea 
that Sunday is enough for me. I'm speaking to some people right now who may go to worship somewhere every Sunday. And when you get home, you take off those clothes that you wore to the meeting house that day. You hang them up in the closet. And you forget all about Jesus for another week. But you see, when you're committed to Jesus Christ, every day is just like Sunday. Because it's a constant walk with Him every day of your life. In Luke 9 and 23, Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Following Jesus is just not something we do on Sunday. It's something that we do seven days a week. We do it every day, every hour, every day. We are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask, are you committed to Him? Have you been converted to Jesus Christ by repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Him, by being baptized into Him, by being added to the church by the Lord? Are you committed to Him? I want to urge you to commit your way to the Lord and commit the keeping of your soul to Him to for before whom you will stand to be judged in the final hour. This is serious business. I'm not an entertainer. As a matter of fact, I've had some people to wonder why I, I seem to be serious. Well, I enjoy having a good time. And if you come to see me and talk with me outside my, that, that time I'm preaching, in the pulpit or preaching on television, you'll find that I like to have a good time. But when I'm preaching, when I know I'm talking to men and women that are eternity bound, to me, it's a serious thing. And I want you to know it's a serious thing to think about going out into eternity without Jesus. I would urge you to give your life to Him. I'd urge you to give your life to Him today. And I want you to be happy now, and of course I want you to be among the happy dead in the world to come. Now in our closing moments, may I give you a very, very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And you'll find people who will assist you in your journey that will take you into eternity. That is, if you've been studying along with us on getting to know your Bible, you want to learn more, they'll study the Bible with you. If you're ready to be baptized into Christ, they will assist you. Let me encourage you to visit at your earliest convenience. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.